was thinking about how I was going to open the podcast on my way upstairs to the computer. And I had this feeling <laughs> to just start like, shouting as if I was going Super Saiyan to then introduce you. But, um, I think that might be a bit too much for the, yeah. the viewers. Good on that. Yeah, <laughs> some, some might not make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, is that too niche? Oh, like, whatever. But um, okay, then let's jump into it. Yo, 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 welcome back. It's another episode of Gila Gossip. This is episode three, and I'm extremely excited to get this one going. We have with me today, my boy, my friend, Jatster. He's still here with us. I can't get rid of him. I don't know what it is, but he's here. All right. <laughs> so Jatster's with us. Um, shout out to Jatster for coming through again. But the special guest this week, I'm excited to reveal to you. Uh, if you've been in the Origin circuit recently amongst, you know, the top 100 players, top 200 players, you may have interacted with this fella himself. Um, in my opinion, the best composition builder that I personally know right now, hands down. Um, the guy's brain, you know, works in different ways. In a combination of uh, Jatster and our guest today, I think we have too much brain power on this podcast. So this is definitely one you're going to want to listen into. But I'm gonna pass the I'm gonna pass the puck here, Zach, Super Slay and Z. Welcome to the Gila's Gossip Podcast. I'm more than you know. I'm I'm over the moon to have you here, bro. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you got into Axie, uh, and 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 yeah, man, take it away. Awesome, dude. Uh, definitely glad to be here. Uh, I've enjoyed all the podcast episodes you've had so far, and uh, um, yeah, I've been excited, looking forward to this all week. Uh, it's great. I'm glad you had me here. So um, I got started in Axie like uh, I want to say it was like season seven or eight of V2. Why? Um, my stepbrother, uh, Captain, was already playing it, was into it. And I was kind of making fun of him for it because it looked goofy to me. I'm like, <laughs> when are you playing some like like different Pokemon type game here? You know, and, um, he was like, oh, you got to check this out, man. It's really cool. And I downloaded it and I just got like sucked in like instantly. Yeah. Like, uh, Shout out to Captain, man, for real. But yeah. And this was, you said season, did you say season seven or eight? Yeah, it was like season seven or eight. Jesus, so you're like OG, OG? Yeah, I actually, uh, um, it wasn't very notable then, but like I, I did climb to the top of the leaderboard. I held like number one for like a few days. I think it was like season nine or season 10. Ah, I got to so play against like AK and Endez and Elijah a bunch of times. It was it was fun. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, this this makes a lot more sense. You know, this opens this opens it up a bit more. Um, that's crazy though, man. That's a long time ago. I know we, me and Jatster were talking that I began in season nineteen. Jatster, I believe, began in season twenty. So we're we're late to yeah. the party, really here. Um, but having that much history in Axie, like, how do you feel about like the development of the game? kind of so far competitively com competitively speaking like disregarding we're not here to talk about economical issues and all that type of stuff but really competitively as a game um how do you feel like it's advanced since then um i mean i, I actually was just starting to try to get involved with the the more competitive side of v2 right when v3 was starting to come out kind of so okay. i was getting laid in on that but um it was always you know it's a real strategic game it's like uh, I mean, it definitely has the competitive side to it, but like with the V3, I've already seen, I think, three tournaments now. Yeah. Um, and like some of those have actually been really exciting to watch. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. I uh, agree. In comparison to watching the V2, like um, there's the one that I was watching with uh, Labs against Chuck Fresco and 
the way that they like changed their comps like oh he it was seems exciting. like in that in that match labs like baited him or like forced him into a different comp <laughs> and then like he changed his comp and it was like really exciting to watch um and like i think what happened with a lot of people was when when the v3 first came out we didn't have access to all the runes yeah and it was really basic at that point and like mm -hmm. i myself was like man i just uh this it's fun, but it seems like it's missing something. Or, but sure. once they gave all the runes to everybody, uh, um, I started to really see just the depth of the game and like how um, creative you can get with like different things. And it, there's just so much you can take one team that you're working with and you completely change it from like an aggro team to like a defensive team with the same axes. Yeah, yeah. You and know? this was something I like before V3 came out. I was so excited about because. We, we was like there was talks around axes would be they would serve purposes more as like roles within the team so like your supporters your tankers your damage dealers um and like runes and charms actually have given us the ability to make one axie more than one role whereas v2 yeah. was like extremely linear like it had these set of cards and this is what it will do and it will do it well but it cannot do anything else really and you needed to assort your composition around those three axes being able to do what the things that they do. Um, but yeah, I think you're extremely right. One thing I've said before on the podcast was how V3 is, in my opinion, the most personalized game competitively as well. You can literally build out, you know, you could you could hone in on your favorite, um, like debuff, for example, or or something that you find visually appealing. Maybe I love the look of, of uh, Gila <laughs> axes, right? I can literally personally des design and develop a composition around that uh, using the runes and chants, looking after where my weak points might be because of the, the card that I'm selecting, etc. So um, it's actually like it's a lot more in depth now. Uh, I, I definitely think we've got to a stage yeah. where the building process is a lot more complex and there's going to be a bit more of a learning curve for people coming into Origin um, to get to you know, the understanding levels that I feel some players are already at uh, and we have not even got past an alpha stage yet. But um, that yeah. that brings me on to, to talking about like team building as a whole. Like we said, there are so many options and ways to approach building compositions now. I feel like a lot of people in the community might be struggling to, you know, pinpoint how they want to go about building teams. Uh, I, I just wanted to to really touch on where do you go in terms of thought process when it comes to, to building a team? Um, well, like my main team that I, I've typically been building around or I like playing with is I just have like this beast with perch in the back. And uh, when I was setting this team up, it's basically just trying to proc perch or like activate it to where I want it to go as much as I can. Yeah. So like, like when I was looking for like um, a guy to support the perch, I was looking at things like, Axie kiss because you can attack or target anybody you want because mm -hmm. perch is going to perch is going to attack the weakest guy so yeah. like if i'm trying to attack the back line throwing axie kiss on that guy first to set up the perch helps Definitely. and then it was like what are some other things aside from axie kiss that could help like uh that's where like the pocky came into effect yeah. and being able to take that from targeting anybody random and putting rocket on it so you can choose who you want to target um, yeah. It's definitely helpful. It's, that's like top um, tier play right now. It's one of the highest sought after combinations, having a beast with enough purity with a pucky, right? And yeah, I mean, uh, Robin's in there. 
for the punch damage. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just because like when the round or when your game starts, you you have to pull a pocky, obviously, but once you have it, it's like being able to select whoever's the biggest threat for your that's going to be a hindrance to your team or your matchup there, and just being able to target that guy and pretty much if not eliminate him, he's going to be dead like on the next card of like. That I can pull like Axie Kiss or something that can target anybody. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's really like combination building, really, isn't it? Like you, 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 you find, you know, you find an avenue that you, you, you understand well and works well, and then you, you kind of build as much combinations and and routes for it all to to work within the series of however many rounds a game will take. Uh, and and and. Uh, I mean, that's that's how I've been approaching it. I don't know how to, to pinpoint it exactly. And maybe, Jatsy, you have something to, to take on it. Yeah, I think mainly it's like, a, just as Lynn said, pick a good axe that you want to build around. And with how different runes and charms work, you can like just select a defensive rune and an offensive rune or just a hybrid rune, depending on how you want your composition to be. Yeah. I think uh, not many people know this or have noticed this, but for every class you have a defensive rune, you have an offensive rune in the rare runes. Your epic rune is mostly a hybrid rune that does both attack and defense, so depending on the rounds. And your mystic rune is like it does it all at a supreme level, I guess. Yeah, like all encompassing. I didn't, I didn't notice that until you pointed that out as well. Um, now it makes a lot of sense. Like if we look at a rune list you know you could literally go through from rare to mystic and and it they would serve those purposes i think if we if i go off of memory with like plant you know you have healing pulses the rare which is like your support i guess and then the leaf um uh, what's it called miracle leaf for miracle the offensive leaf, yeah is the offensive and then rise and ruin is both because you get a healing card and a aoe damage card and then the mystic rune is guy's embrace which you still are able to shield with less value yes but you also heal as well so it's kind of like um you know a two birds in one stone kind of kind of rune um but no i didn't notice that until you mentioned it and then i started looking specifically at all the other comps i'm sorry all the other um classes and and their runes and it, it actually is spot on with that another thing like with uh like i was messing with the pigeon post thing and yeah. it kind of changed a little bit after they after they just did the new um, turn order thing where you're disabled. But like with pigeon post, like like that was you're running like I, I liked playing with a lot of the days things. I kept messing with the curse cards in the beginning. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And, and uh, the dons would just eat those up. You know, like if mm -hmm. you're throwing goo at them or days, the dons just keep taking them out. So I was like, well. Pigeon Post doesn't actually get taken out. It's like not a cursed card because they can play it. So, ah. um, but what was interesting, like it's as you play with like a team that you're trying to work on, like, like what you start with, and then after you've played like 20 matches with it, you're gonna have like something completely different because yeah. like you've kind of figured out like what's working better and what what you need to change and like, like with the Pigeon Post, like I found that um, maybe getting some days in there. Or a way to create the fear, because yeah. um, like if you if you use like I think Jaster pointed this out one time like like if you use swirl and hot butt, it goes into their discard pile. So like once their hand resets, then they're gonna pull those cards. Yeah. Like the confuse and the hot butts. Like if you um, play hat soon or you apply the fear to them with like gloomy dice and they attack, 
that goes like into their next hand that they're going to draw from, mm -hmm. you know? So playing pigeon post with like Hatsune or caterpillars or a balloon or something that you can apply the fear. Um, just build builds it up more. Yeah. Cause if you give them the two pigeon posts and they, they hit in and they draw two confused cards, they're probably only going to draw one or two playable cards. Yeah. Out of that next turn. Yeah. You know. And mathematically, obviously, we know we have six cards per axis. So we have 18 in a deck. So by like at least their fourth, you know, turn where they're, they're able to, to do things is when their deck's going to start recycling. And, and you can you can even pinpoint that. Like if you if you um, now with the way the turn order works, a lot of those cards may be non-attacking cards like the, the Gravelance or or even just having Gloomy Dice on there and things like that. Um, you can kind of plan that early in the game so you know by their fourth turn they're going to start having issues. Um, it's, it's something that, I, that I've picked up on as well. But um, what I like I really the pigeon liked, post because it... Sorry, go no, ahead. What I was going to say, what I really liked about what you were saying is that, that you mentioned how like what you build on paper first, originally with a team and a composition and you go into the arena, you know, you're happy as fucking Larry. I just got these axes i feel like i've got the best comp this should work i've done all of the calculations and then you go into the arena and someone will shit on you but it, it genuinely it just happens i think the meta is, <laughs> yeah. is right like because something's just genuinely hard counter other things and i think that needs to be the case anyway like we said um entertainment wise for that tournament that we wa watched against chuck and labs like the mind games of swapping compositions in between is is for me is part of esports right that 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 is part of a player's ability but like you are you will generally get shit on by something and the team that you start out with on paper that you believed was like the perfect you know prophecy team will eventually change and you you start to actually evolve with your team um and that again for me is like it just relates to that person ability like you build a relationship with your team and, and the way that you play the game um, and and for like the macro of things and this game being you know widely accepted uh, across a larger audience i think that's a real big selling point for me like if i get to play with my team and and make my team as best as it can be you know and it's unique and personal to me like for me that's huge yeah i've always and, uh i mean i think we've all been there where like you have a team and you're like man if i just had this one move or this other card this thing would just be dynamite you know yeah. and you go on there you find an axie and you get it and you plug it into the team and it just does not work out the way that you <laughs> expected it to i think we've all had that happen <laughs> you know and then uh, like there's just like something you missed or it just doesn't work out and then it happens the other way too sometimes yeah. but it's just interesting and how like you can take one thing out and it changes it no, like sometimes or i would say like currently most of the times that thing doesn't work out because it's bugged i would say <laughs> That, yes, yeah, this is an too. issue that we, we do have to, to touch on. And like I was going to mention it because our turn order is has still not been touched. Um, even though, you know, I think it was about probably a, it was before our episode last week. Right. Just when we, we were talking yeah. about um, Philip Law was tweeting out, mentioning how, you know, that they're considering changing uh, already the first turn, not being able to attack and turn it into more of a staggered. Um, approach into the game having less cards less energy but then eventually by round four the game opens up uh, we haven't seen any of those changes and we actually haven't had an update since then which has surprised me to be honest i did expect this week that we would have had maybe some kind of update and i mean i'm not putting pressure on 
on on the sky mavis in any way shape or form i don't know what goes into making an update and how much work there is uh, in, in behind closed doors um but i personally don't think that like the meta is going to stay the same as it is right now uh to put it out there for me the strongest team that you can put together as of right now is either a very very good bubble team or uh, the big contrast to that is a very very good zoo team um now to explain both of those teams i would <laughs> i'm gonna give one of them to to you zach which will be the zoo team uh, and then jackster if you're comfortable with the bubble team and explaining wh what it looks like and how it operates and we can do that well the zoo team is really strong right now but um unless i'm pretty sure that, that i read it right that the mavis was supposed to be like how the robin is now like if you take the robin out you don't get any value out of it yeah um and if you take the mavis out currently they still get value they still get that zero and yeah i think in the last update that was supposed to change because there's not really any counterplay to that like mm -hmm. if you pop down two mavises i just have to deal with you having five energy on the next turn there's nothing yeah. i can do to <laughs> like there's literally nothing you can yeah. do to stop yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. you know um, and like the zoo teams have become really strong because um, that is something that you can open with. You can innate the birds, um, it, you know, combination of like a Mavis and a Robin. If they don't have a way to take it out, you're pretty much going to just run over whatever axes in front of you on the next turn. Yeah, this has made you know, AoE you... so viable. Like you almost need AoE in your team right now to be able to, to deal with, with the zoo comp. Yeah, that or the next right? like people do the bubble. <laughs> yeah, and the AoE is bug too. So yeah, currently like taunt is uh, AoE is supposed to ignore the taunts is what we've been told. So you can still taunt, but like your buzz buzz, your grandma's fan and stuff is actually still supposed to attack everything. Yeah. You know, so I think... The zoo comps are really strong for right now, but I think that after they make some changes that they're going to get dialed down a little bit. Yeah, I've been very uh, hesitant on like going all in on a zoo comp and I haven't because of this, because I, I, gen I genuinely think they are as strong as they are right now. One, because of bugs uh, and two, because of uh, the way that the, the, the game opens up right now. Yeah. If you talk about innate as well, we're talking with, with the bird cat. The bird class is one of the only ones other than plant, I believe, that allows for a four cost in potential points for an innate card uh, instead of having to use the uh, discount. What is it? The pre-order? Pre-order tag. Yeah, pre-order tag. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge advantage to be using those Mavises as of right now. But if, again, like I said, the turn opening structure changes, it may might not be as um, prominent. But uh, that moves on to the, the bubble comp, which does counter it. I think people overlooked Bubble so much because it was seen as a defensive thing. I even remember there was memes on Twitter where it was like, you have two bubbles, and then when that two uh, yeah. bubbles turns to the, the bubble bomb, <laughs> that was, you would be upset. But like, I didn't... I, that like, was we me. Hadn't <laughs> was, it, was it you? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, I remember it. seeing a meme and I was like, yo, that's kind of funny. And then I thought, wait, nobody uses bubble bombs and you can actually stack them? I never knew you could stack bubble bombs. Uh, like I remember way back uh, when Origin initially launched, I think I assured uh, Slains this thing. So they, there is a, there used to be a guy who used to have like triple teal shell, triple aqua team, and the only thing he did was spam bubble bombs. Every yeah. turn he would have like three to four bubble bombs, and he would just try to kill you that way. Uh, and like, okay, okay. That that used to be like pretty like you know interesting take on the bubble bombs, and it was the first time I, I ever saw someone. Like going aggro with the bubble bombs. Like yeah. The first, you know, the first time I saw him, like, what is this guy doing? Why is, is he stupid? He's just shielding up 
and like it's not even enough shields and then boom one turn he attacks and all of my axes are almost at 40 hp now i'm like yeah. what yeah this happened to me as well playing a poison sustain team against a bubble bomb team where they didn't really attack generally uh i think he built up I don't know if it's capped, but he built. Yeah, he it's built, capped at five. Yeah, I was gonna say because he built them up and then he he it, he did an attack and all my axes took a hundred damage and I was like, what the fuck has just happened? So I remember I had, I had a similar guy. Shock. I had similar guy ran into Jatser where he was doing that with the bubble bombs, but he was kept stacking them onto like his back reptile, and he was cuckooing every chance he could get on that guy, and I'm like. By the time I kind of caught on to what he was doing, it was like too late. Like mm-hmm. he had Tiny Dino on like Sunny Stamp. And I'll just like smack the back dude. He had like three cuckoos. <laughs> so he hits you for like 250 and then he does the 100 AoE damage from Aww. all of the five stacks of bubbles. But and I was like, really smart, oh, though. that's why he wasn't attacking me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, so. yeah. But it is actually a really smart play. And I think a lot of compositions... Um, they develop different ways. Some compositions really, like, they genuinely work to set up one Axie in the team. Uh, we saw yes. that with Banish builds um, and, and setting up Topaz Beasts, etc. It got nerfed. Um, whether, you know, setting up Axies singularly to be broken just leads to them being nerfed probably, you know, has some kind of relation to it. <laughs> because if you, if, you, if you generally make a single Axie unbeatable, then things have to be changed because it's just... It just you know, it kind of breaks the game. I personally was experimenting with a, a plant. Uh, it has double leaf bug, uh, pumpkin and fish snack with pappy eyes and then square uh, teeth in the mouth. So it has all shield cards and then pappy as a healing card. Um, it has guys embrace. So every time it draws, it's a plant. So every time it draws the leaf bugs, uh, it, it actually heals for 24. Um, and then when I play the leaf bugs, it will heal for another 30. And if it is the last Axie standing, and I'll just build Sakuras around it. So it is basically a healing Blood Moon comp, um, and it's disgusting. I actually hate playing it because I just can't. I lose focus. I, you know, I can't do that. But um, yeah, it's, it, it well, gets to a point where it can 1v3 like a full Aqua team, and, and it, it could, I wouldn't want to play it, basically. Yeah. One of the things, like, I, mean, I know everybody knows from, like, V2, like, one of the common stipulations was like if you had a backliner, in order for it to be decent, it had to have like a zero cost card. Yeah. For you to like deal with like stuns or things of that nature. And like I feel like when I'm building a lot of comps, like it, it seems like you don't want to be like maybe like where you're banishing like all of the cards on your front two axes, but it seems like you want to have like five to six banished somewhere. Yeah. Whether you have like two or three on your front axis and a couple on your mid. Definitely one on your back so that you can get it to where you're once, you know, you're in that 1v1 and he's your last guy. Optimally, you want to just have those five cards that you're yeah. trying to draw yeah. every time, you know. And um, I, I really think that, like, having five to six Spanish is kind of, like, similar to, like, where you want to have the zero cost on your backliner from V2. Right. You know, it's almost like, because if you don't really look at Banish. And another thing, too, is a lot of people haven't realized that if you retain something and you die with it in your hand, it's still a banish. Like, yeah. you hold on yeah. to it, you can't use it, and the next turn it's going to go into the banish pile. Yeah. So, like, I've actually the combination... seen you use that, like, strategically to pull the card, like, into the hand, the turn that you knew the Axie was going to die, so that you would get rid of the card faster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
So um, it seems like like that is like the more balanced approach is to have some banish because if you don't, then it's like if they kill your two axes, your backliner never really gets more than two or three cards. He keeps getting flooded with revenge cards, and like that's yeah. just not what you want to happen when you're at that point in the match. You yeah, know? so nah, for sure. I think a huge part of the meta now is is uh, obviously you know going down the avenues of the what would be considered the strongest uh, ways to play but also about hugely around deck fluidity because the way that you can charm things makes it different. But if you actually create a deck that synergizes really well and is very fluid uh, and you can like set up those optimal situations as easily as possible, I feel like that's when, you know, you can really start dominating the ladder. I've, I've noticed I've had different comps and different builds, but when you get one that actually really synergizes well and you have that fluidity where you can, you, you're almost controlling card draw, um, and you're limiting the amount of bad cards that you can pull. Um, you like I've had a lot more fun in those moments as well. Uh, I feel a lot more in control as a player. So something to look at if you are getting into Origin is really thinking about you know how are you controlling card draw in your deck and 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 how does the fluidity of it all look um, and is it synergizing together towards your like master plan the the, the focus strategy. Um, but I've been saying this since the first podcast really, and this is why I like. Bro, I mean, I'm a fucking, I am a reptile, right? I'm a fucking, I'm a gila. <laughs> so, like, once once I understood that, like, poison was really, you know, my preferred choice of weapon, like, I focused in from the moment we had access to Origin on making the comp, like, poison comp as efficient as possible. So now, like, I probably have more than 10 variations of, of a composition that includes various different axes, all have a similar goal and a style um but the the way that they interact and synergize and the, the fluidity of the deck is different in in each of them um but with the same strategy I, like i'm able to cover a lot of different avenues or angles uh, you know if, if we're in a tournament and a guy goes full aggro uh if he goes full aggro again for, for the second game i have a, i have teams to to you know combat full aggro but whilst following the same kind of um structure of plan like i'm still poisoning the shit out of you basically is what i'm trying to get at yeah. so <laughs> i haven't messed with the poison too much i think you told me to stay away from it because you had that covered but yeah because uh, bro if, if yeah. that comes into the poison he's basically gonna turn into a he's not gonna turn into a gila he's gonna turn into a fucking godzilla i can't have it I can't have it. <laughs> and like uh, poison is gonna be really strong like going forward especially when the game launches and stuff resets yeah there's still basically a lot when we don't it. have like we don't have the god mode you could say you know having all the runes and charms mm -hmm. poison is going to be really strong but yeah. then uh this is what i was thinking right so poison is going to be really strong so yo what counters poison like Cleanser. Let's cleanse it. <laughs> Let's cleanse it. Mr. Yeah. Mint himself is probably that's, sipping that's some we mint tea about. right now. <laughs> that's what we were talking about earlier this week, where it's like, man, there's not a lot of counters for poison, and the stuff that you would think is supposed to counter poison it's isn't really bugged. doing its yeah, job. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, what do you think is the... Like, you play the poison all the time. What, what's the hardest thing that you have to go up against? Honestly? Um, when you know... Really? redirection is is difficult to deal with um it's mainly aggro though right the thing about the poison team is it's it's it is at heart and essentially a sustained team right so if i can't sustain um you know my defensive outlets for as long as i need to to then position myself in the game um you know where 
you're basically on a ticking time bomb, right? Uh, I like to set the game where taunts are available with reptiles and reptile cards. It's very easy to taunt um, because you have the forecast um, taunt charm. Um, but I spread damage as much as I can. Uh, I And then obviously apply poison as often and frequent as possible. Um, and then once we get towards those end games, and if you consider Blood Moon comes into the swing of things by turn 15, like I'm really putting the pressure on. You have to start changing you know your strategy because of you might be you know you, you're closer to losing this axie that you would normally set up than you are another one so then you start to f switch your focus and you can really play mind games with the opponent but if they are too aggro and they do manage to take out um an axie early in the game it's very very difficult for me to come back from that so um i would say you know stuff like um the zoo comps work really well uh just because they get a, a huge amount of attacks off right more than you normally expect a lot of the teams are calculated around taking you know three energies worth of damage and then being able to spread that across to somebody else uh, and then having a process of healing the axie that took damage prior to that and then kind of swapping and changing around that system um so aggro teams are definitely the hard counter for um poison that i've found right now and then on top of that if mint actually worked and cleansers actually worked they would be a huge counter also um yeah. some cleanser interactions do work right so this is how i've kind of found it if because of i have because i have poison comps right i have innate on on green thorns right so i'm poisoning people turn one uh so they generally don't have cleansers up at that point but if you have a cleanser up and then i try to poison you the cleanser does its job but if you're already poisoned and then you throw a cleanser up my poison stacks will ignore your cleanser and just stack on top of the poison that was before the cleanser. But even if I, you know, if you hit into my shield and it was curved spine and you should have got, you should have got a bleed debuff, the cleanser would remove the bleed, but you would still be yeah. poisoned. So um, there is there is something with that. I don't know, like, and this is, we really have to discuss this because I, I don't know even if, you know, Sky Mavis know for sure how they want the interaction to work, but cleanser, when I play Mint, like, if I have... Let's say, for example, we take Regenerator as a as as a as an as the example, right? Regenerator recovers all debuffs, right, above seventy five percent health. Um, it removes two, I think. It yeah. Takes off yeah, two. it removes yeah. two, two, so, two debuffs. So one must be considered one debuff removed must be considered five stacks of poison because a Regenerator Axie will remove eleven stacks of poison every turn if it's above seventy five percent health because it will remove one naturally because that's mechanically how it works every round one poison is removed and then it removes 10 from the two uh, debuffs that it removes so poison is considered as five stacks being one debuff so if you were makes sense yeah if if you had the seven gloomy eyes does the same thing the yeah. gloomy eyes takes away five stacks too so that makes sense even yeah. though it doesn't specify that on the regenerator um yeah that's what it does like yeah. you're saying if you have 11 stacks it's going to take away 10 Mm -hmm. And the gecko, it specifically says that it will take up to five uh, stacks away of the debuff. So. Yeah, yeah. So like, if if you had seven stacks right of poison on you and you played mint, like, are we expecting that to remove five stacks and then you would be poisoned for two and you wouldn't have a cleanser or like like how is oh. that interaction supposed to to go down? So the interaction is like a. The cleanser shouldn't remove the pre-existing debuffs. Yeah. 
but uh, the incoming ones it should remove so that's how the cleanser is supposed to work so, so what i'm doing it's got to cleanse it so it removes the debuff and no the cleanse and there. cleanses are like different things in the game right now so what cleanse does is it removes your existing debuffs yeah. and what cleanser does is your exe gets the cleanser so the now incoming debuffs they are blocked that's so what i have been doing is uh, in the mint comps i've been using and i think i might be the only guy using the red sage charm on a plant yeah i think so. so i put the put it on the mint so whenever i use my mint it first because of the red sage charm i get to cleanse it mm-hmm. uh, like one debuff on all my team so if i have like poison all over my team five yeah. stacks will be cleansed then i'll get a cleanser so i can block the other incoming poison and that works for, but, because mint works as but, an a, like an almost a, it goes for, yeah, like, supports the whole team right so the cleanser yeah. the 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 charm itself works on the whole team as well yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, currently like uh, there's another bug with cleanser so if you have cleanser applied and someone uses green thorns so mm-hmm. green thorns so, uh, like applies the poison randomly right yeah but imagine uh, it it's supposed to apply four poison on an xe so the way it applies is it applies four debuffs of one stack of poison so the first stack oh. just removes the cleanser and you get the three poison three poison anyway yeah okay yeah yeah so that's so like the, a radical uh, issue that they'd have to sort out and like green yeah i think really would it change like would it not be the random application and they might have to just ch- turn it to like a set amount like small frill is and yeah yep uh not like first select the random number and then that number should go in as a like a single debuff, not like separate debuffs. Yeah, I, I yeah. would say. So that processing all happens immediately. It's, it selects how many it's going to go to each slot, and then it goes as one instead of as separate. Yep. Another another fun interaction with green thorns is like uh, I figured out that freezer thing where it's supposed to heal like you know four of your axes randomly, like thirty health, and give them a attack bonus. When yeah. you're down to the last guy, it only heals him, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have the option to put the heal or boost the heal on your green thorns. But if you do that, you basically just end up randomly poisoning and applying the heal to the enemy. Oh, I've done this for sure, bro. When I've been uh, uh, two zoots down and I'm trying to charm my team, I've clicked um, faith instead of vitality and I've been healing the team and not even noticing. I've been like, well, where's he getting these uh, heals from, bro? Like, I don't, I don't right. understand. I, I think, uh, you know, one of my friends was mentioning, he was like, bro, if you have cleanser on your summons and someone applies green thorns, your your someone will actually get healed up. And I was like, ah, that shouldn't work. Yeah. And but now I think why th- that someone got healed up, right? His opponent must have been it's, doing yeah. that healing thing yeah. without realize, yeah. realizing it. It's definitely a mistake. They shouldn't allow it to like you should you should not be able to play that card on 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 there. I don't know what like there's no there's absolutely no advantage to healing your opponent in any way, shape, or form, but. Yeah, um, it's just, it's obviously a bug, but it's just interesting, you know, to it is like, funny, okay, yeah, man. that's not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, so, but we're we trying are... to take away damage. Yeah, yeah, facts, facts, yeah. But we are very much still in an alpha phase. Like, if we look at it, like, time specifically, this is, like, month number two of the game's uh, alpha. Um, you know, I don't really have, I don't like to set expectations um, or high expectations, really um because you know in you know i don't know what it encompasses to 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 build this game and 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 change the mechanics behind things but i feel like we have definitely had a very progressive two months as of where we started to where we are today like i'm very happy with 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 what's happened 
yes, I believe we could be a bit further forward because of the feedback that's coming through now, the amount of people that are playing and talking out about certain things. But, um, you know, how close do we think we are to a final game? Because I don't, I don't think we're that close yet, in my honest opinion. I would say, like, it will take time because uh, the scaling changes still needs to come. Then the scaling changes needs to be tested and adjusted. And then we need to test the crafting system. Mm-hmm. Because Moondust is currently still broken, so we don't know for sure how much it would take to craft the good charms and runes. You reckon they're going to reset on us at some point? Yeah, they have to reset, I guess, because uh, how else are we going to, you know, test the crafting system, right? No wonder this guy has been buying all the mints in the world. (laughs) One of the things that scares me, like, from a balancing standpoint, is like they said that like the endless anger and like your heart of the ocean, like those are going to be seasonal runes and those are going to change. Um, and they're going to replace them with something else. And I'm like, it's already so hard when you add something new, like a card or like even from V2, like they would change one thing that was like really abundantly OP, you know, and then there'd be something else that was completely OP. Yeah. It's like, if they're going to add six new, charms they're going to do completely different things like every other season or every season one i don't understand how they're going to keep coming up with new ideas, ideas yeah. on what they want to do but they could hire but you I mean. how that's not going and, to like affect the the balancing type of things like you're going to mess yeah. up certain things you know like yeah, I feel and like by the time gonna you be fix it uh, the season will almost be over yeah yeah, yeah exactly but that's <laughs> what i'm saying if i reckon in between these seasonal you know runes and charms that come into the game First of all, we don't know how long a season will be, but I definitely, I'm convinced that we will have quite large grace periods or off seasons, if you'd like to call them, um, to solve this problem. They might become shorter and shorter as time goes by and they become more efficient at doing things like this. But I definitely think, you know, if you were to introduce new runes and charms today, it would take a good month for like, you know, the meta to adjust and, and people to figure out, you know, what is absolutely, you know, this is stupid, it shouldn't be here, or, uh, you know, or, or, you know, find a good balance amongst all of them. So I think grace periods will probably come into it once we get a full release, instead of jumping straight from season to season, we'll have just like we have previously, but even potentially longer periods of time in between seasons. Yeah. But, But man, you know, we got we got one more thing I do really want to talk about. I know we yo we've been we've been here for a minute, but it has been a very a very interesting conversation, guys. I just want to say thank you again for coming through because these always you know they, they, like this is as much for me like this is kind of what we do anyway, right? Like when we're when we're chilling, we're playing the game together. We have these kind of conversations, but I feel like a lot of people miss out on on being able to to hear of this stuff if they're not really in a certain loop so i want to thank you guys for coming through and, and and just being available to have these types of conversations um the last topic of conversation though because we have something big on the calendar this weekend is actually the origin champions cup uh the philippines tournament that has um eight was it eight players were invited uh the likes of people like hazalia atello um and we got leia in there as well uh some other guys big in the game Bornock, a huge youtuber that i used to watch a lot of guy that the geezer is funny as fuck i'm not gonna lie i don't even know what he's saying and i'll be laughing but um those guys are all invitational comp- competitors and then there are eight players that have qualified uh to go into this tournament um as well to compete 
Now the big topic, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dox uh, the the BDZ a bit here, but the big topic is we actually have six. I, th I believe it's six, if you include layer representatives of BDZ, which has been kind of the building blocks of where you know we've congregated and been able to talk about the meta and discuss things, play against each other, test theories, and all that type of stuff. But uh, this is the big question. Who is your money on? Who do you think is gonna be uh taking taking the wins this this weekend? I've been trying to help out. Uh, one of the guys is like one of the first BDC guys to help join, and then also brought a lot of uh, people in too. It's just Sensi. Yeah. Oh, big shout um, out to I've, Sensi, bro. Love that guy. I've been working with him and uh, having fun with him. I think he's gonna be able to bring in some good comps. What's really weird is that they've got. 15 axes that they can bring oh that's how um, big the roster list is yeah so Wild. like they literally are gonna you're, you're gonna definitely it's gonna come down to probably mind, mind games. games yeah 100 like, you know we'll oh, just yo, this you has got the shit bro 15 axes that's a that's a bro that's a fucking lot that's a lot of decisions that could be made. That's a lot of different charms and runes that could be applied on all 15. I, bro, that's You can pretty crazy. much have everything covered. Like, if you know, I mean, that's the way you should be thinking. Like, if I go to against a poison comp, what's one of the best axes I have that can deal with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and like, you should, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you go against a poison comp and they beat you, Maybe they run that again, but if you've got ten other or what twelve other axes to choose from, oh, you're probably going to come back out with something that you think they're going to use to try yeah. to beat your poison team. You Some know? people's so, brains yeah. are going to be frazzled, man. Let me tell you that. <laughs> Yo. Oh wow, that makes me very excited for it. And I didn't, I did not know that. Uh, it, of course, it's it's a land tournament as well, right? So it's in person. Uh, yeah. Which yeah, yeah. again adds adds different layers of uh mental strategy that comes to there you know people might be psyching each other out i'll probably turn up in like the most ridiculous outfit ever and just kind of try and distract him <laughs> yeah just i just turn up in you know, you know the dinosaur suits that you can get the fucking blow up ones yeah i'd probably turn up in one of those or something but um no i honestly what? now that i've heard you know you've been uh You've been having a few words with Sensi. <laughs> i might i might be saying sensi's got a big chance here um but uh, if I'm honest, I still think that Leia has possibly the most experience uh, in playing this game so far. I mean, the guy literally has double the amount of stars from number two in the world. Um, so, you know, if I was to safe, spread the bets safely, uh, Leia would definitely have some of my backing. I also am quite interested to see how Ace will do. Um, he seems to be, you know, very enthusiastic. I've had a few words with him myself as well. Um, but he said he's got a few tricks up his sleeve, so I don't know. It's going to be. Leia was to doing watch. really. Leia's main thing was uh, they had like a really good uh, sustain comp, but the sustain kind of got nerfed a little bit. Yeah. With uh, with how the turn orders go, and you know, it's a little bit more RNG kind of now, but the, it seems like the Rage Beast have a little bit of a better chance these days at taking them them down since they yeah. can't double stack the wall gecko like they used to be. It's still. Uh -huh. It, it kind of depends like on the cards that you get like obviously if the beast goes into rage and he pulls like four revenge cards it's probably going to lose that one yeah. but if he pulls most of his cards that he can kill with then he's going to get the win there you know yeah vice versa the other way like if they can't pull their wall gecko or their shields to sustain then you know it's, it, it comes down like i said a little bit of an rng factor there but mm -hmm. 
RNG. I, I still think it's cool. going to be really cool to watch because on the ones that I've already seen, where some of the comps, changing the comps and a little bit of the mind games is what came into play. It was actually really fun to watch. Yeah, I guess so, we'll, have a, we'll have a big watch, watch uh, party. <laughs> yeah, with fifteen X's, the mind games are going to be insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sure. concludes it. I'm definitely having a watch party this weekend for the Origin tournament. But uh, but yeah, man, that's 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 about it. I think we gave enough value. We're just touching about forty minutes, forty five minutes at this point. So you've had a good listen. You've got enough, you know, secret sources. You know, just you you, you tapped in. Uh, you got you got you you got what you needed. All right. But I don't want to take this on for too much longer. Zach, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for coming through. Um, if you want to check out Zach, you can definitely hit him up on Twitter. Um, he's there. Is, is, is it under Super, Super Slain Z on Twitter as well? Yeah, it's under Super Slain. So the same that most of the time, if you're trying to catch me, you can probably just find me in the Discord at BDZ. Yeah, yeah, just uh, come just, just, just head on over to the shit, bro. You're going to find him, man. Or you, the SS tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I appreciate you having sure. me on, man. It's uh, It's been, like I said, I've been excited to um see the podcast i've watched the other two episodes they were really good and uh when you invited me on i was like super thrilled to to even be here it's a, it's an honor man i feel awesome yeah thanks, uh, appreciate it thank you no i appreciate it and i'm keeping on you <laughs> jaster i love you you're always gonna be here brother. <laughs> but no jaster so what much. time is it for you right now it's like three in the morning oh <laughs> uh, it's 12 30 midnight right okay now. uh midnight oil right. you've got it man it's not that bad it's not that bad yeah, I actually thought good. it was going to be way earlier in the morning, I'll be honest. So, But anyway, thank you for you know putting the time in and, and staying up late for this one today. But yeah, thank you so much for the fire conversations, guys. Yo, any time that you'd like to come back onto the podcast, you know, we might end up having a fucking room full of people in here at one point. Um, but you're always welcome to come back. Uh, Jatster, again, thank you for coming through. Shout outs to Super Slay and Z. Make sure you go check him out. Uh, and if you would like, check out the BDZ uh, Discord. It's where a lot of stuff is going down. But again, it's been your favorite gila, the only gila really. Um, and to make sure, you know, make sure you're here for next week because the thing is, this shit only gets better. All right? Take care, fam, and peace. <laughs>